everybody into game day right here at ballquest.com. I'm your host, Eric Kane, and this is the second week of the Players' Lounge. Had a great time previewing Ball State, getting ready for the season with Todd Kelly Jr. and Jack Jones. I think a lot of you guys really enjoyed it as well. And coming up here in just a couple of seconds, we got two former balls and some names that you guys obviously know pretty well. Played a lot of foot, a lot, a lot of great football uh, here at, at, at Tennessee, and then of course at the at the National Football League level as well. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. Continue to follow us on uh, on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button there wherever you find your podcast. The Ball Quest podcast feed. This is the VFL's Player Lounge, and uh, getting you ready for Pittsburgh and. You know, we, we got two guys in here, and both equally, you know, we're excited to have them. But it's only fitting that we bring in one of these guys because, obviously, uh, he is a, a stealer at heart as well. That's Mr. Ramon Foster. What's up, Rome? Appreciate what's, you being on here, man. E. Kane, what's happening, man? How are you today? Dude, I'm doing well. I'm I'm, I'm pumped. It's game day. I'm ready to see what Tennessee's all all about here up up, up here at uh, – is it Acrisure Stadium? Yeah. How do you feel about that? It's Acrisure, but, of course, the purists would say it's always Hinesville, and I don't care what they name it or how much they pay for it. <laughs> Looking forward to catching up with you today. And also our second guest, Jonathan Wade. Heard him on the Rocky Top Rewind. Wine, some great stuff there, and we're going to dive into more of some defensive back stuff with Jonathan Way. What's up, man? What's going on, sir? Hey, hey, uh, glad to have you guys uh, here with us today. I don't, I don't know if you guys, I know you guys are busy men. I know you got a lot going on, but uh, something we're doing here at VolQuest.com, we're getting former balls on each and every week to preview game day, and uh, I, the, the fans love it. The subscribers love it, so I know they're going to be pumped to, to see you guys here today. Let's let's get started. Uh, initial thoughts overall with the with the win, the season opening win, kicking off uh, year number two of Josh Heupel. You know, it was it was a snoozer, fifty nine to ten. But it, Jonathan, what did you see in this football game? What did you like? Uh, was it a good start for Tennessee? I think so. We looked um, we looked like it was year two, which is pretty good. You know. Um, him having an off season matters a lot coming in, you know, with a fresh staff, fresh team. Um, there's only so much expectation you can have year one. Uh, but to start off now, let me preface my comments by saying <laughs> it was ball state, no disrespect to anyone, but um, we have some, we have a pretty legit regular schedule that we must be prepared for. And that starts very early in our season. Um, and we got a big test coming up this week, but as far as what I saw, I mean, we looked like, like we're headed in the right direction. It's the long, long, long uphill climb, and it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, it, it definitely is. And hey, Ramon, I know you do this five days a week over one hundred four five the zone in, in Nashville. What's what's kind of the vibe? What, what's your take on Tennessee's uh, big win over Ball State? Uh, and I say big win again, just like Jonathan said. It's false yeah. state, but fifty nine to ten. I mean, it was it was good to see Tennessee score points. Well, I mean, a lot of people kind of say, "Well, Ball State ain't just a rollover." Although Tennessee, you know, had their way with them again. They came into the game with a new head coach, first time starter at quarterback, mm-hmm. also, but they treated them as such. Jay Wade to tell you, man, anybody's played the game and been around it a long time. Look, beat the teams you're supposed to beat and beat them convincingly, and that's what UT did this past weekend, man. You remember last year we weren't having this conversation, this conversation around uh, Bowling Green. You remember, like, what is this offense going to look like? How are they going to come together? So for the people that say, well, it's Ball State, I'm with you. It was, but you beat them well. Uh, it, it was a good thing, too, because you didn't have to show your hand too much this mm. past weekend with, with, with Ball State, simply because – they let the athletes be athletes. Guys in space made plays defensively and offensively, and when they needed to get the ball going on the ground, they did that too. I was more impressed, honestly, with watching the defensive front. 
I know I'm here to talk offense, but watching those guys, man, just kind of get themselves together, considering Butler's now with the Raiders. You didn't know who they were going to replace that with, and they held their own against, yes, a lesser opponent, but on the ground, they did pretty good defensively. So um, I was excited about that because in the SEC, as Jay Wade said, it's a lot of big-time ball that's being played, and teams will try to abuse you on the ground the same way uh, Georgia did Oregon. You don't want to be in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Let's uh, let's backtrack here a little bit and uh, uh, let's look at uh, Tennessee. The expectations for uh, year number two. Something I asked Todd Kelly and and obviously Jack Jones last week. Um, year two broke a ton of school records offensively. Um, you know, last year finished with seven wins in the regular season. Kind of what is you know, Wade? What is what is your expectation for it? Doesn't even have to be win loss or whatever. What do you? needing to see from Tennessee or expecting to see from Tennessee, you know, when we look back on this season, say February or, or, or March. I want to see us be closer to being able to establish five yards on the ground when we feel like it versus our schedule. That's like Ramon just said, um, these teams that we have to deal with in our, in our bracket, in our division, in our conference, they can run the ball for five yards consistently down at they can beat you 35 to zero running the ball and unless you can stop that and uh, along with being able to do the same thing i mean it makes the game a lot harder. i love the tempo that we have i absolutely love the tempo but we'll need to be able to control it the same way they're able to control the clock as well athletically to be honest with you what i saw looks like we're going to be fine athletically looks like the recruits however it's panning out with the whole recruiting process now it looks like it's starting to disperse well i mean everybody has talent everybody has talent mm -hmm. jackson state has talent <laughs> but we got to be able to run for five i mean that 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 principle doesn't change all the way from high school to the nfl you got to be able to run the ball for five yards and against mm -hmm. the competition where it matters that's my expectation how close can we get to that yeah and it's something that uh Pittsburgh did against Virginia, or excuse me, West Virginia did against Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. They ran the ball well. We'll get to that more in a moment, but 5.8 yards per carry. Uh, so, you know, if you're you're Jabari Small in that offensive line for Tennessee coming up later today, man, you're just uh, you're licking your chops, getting ready to get into it. Uh, Ramon, same question for you. What do you want to see out of Tennessee this year? And then when you're done with that, I, I, I want to go back to say, hey, you were you were impressed by that defensive line play against Ball State something we hammered home on, on the podcast and on the articles mm -hmm. and, you know, radio here in Knoxville. I know you guys, you and Will are, are, are as well. No sacks, only two TFLs. There's uh, reasons for that. They were getting the ball out quickly, but you know, more, what did you see in that defensive line uh, as, as well from Thursday? Uh, first question, I guess is growth stability. Uh, having that ability to say, all right, we, we got our foundation and what we're going to build stuff with, you know, with, with the way they went about, um, building this team like getting this team back together to where they actually realize they're having fun playing ball like that was the first thing that coach hyper established last year and going into the second year understanding of what's expected not taking a back seat to teams that you shouldn't or you should be at least competing with in the same fashion that's what i'm looking for like like Jay way said it's, it's almost like you you graduate from your junior year to your senior year right well now is my time to rule and that's the way those guys got to go under Coach Hypo and, and play with that same type of attitude. Like a lot of people will say, no, you want a bunch of nice guys. And that's not the case. You want some guys that whenever they cross that line, it is doggy dog. 
Like I, my motto has always been, you know, if it's a game between me and you, then I'm going to step on your neck to get what I want. And that's exactly what you want to see out of your team. You know, it doesn't matter how they come out to play. It's, it's a matter of how Coach Heupel addresses everybody and get them prepared for Saturdays in this past, in this past week, Thursday night, and they looked that part. Um, but as, as far as, you know, the D-line goes, and you look at what they had going on as far as the way Ball State, as you said, was, was slide protecting. They was max protecting. They were getting the ball out. With Pitt, they have a kid that's going to want to throw the ball. And not just that, kind of want to prove themselves that they belong when it comes down to uh, competing against the SEC. And when you have that situation, I saw West Virginia get after that Pitt offensive line. I'm expecting the same thing when it comes down to uh, – well, when it comes down to the Vols getting after their quarterback, like that has to be a huge emphasis this week is get their guy on the ground because it's one thing for sure. They will send guys to get after us on the defensive side of the ball. That's one thing Pitt has always been known for when it comes down to their style of ball is, look, they're going to headhunt. They're going after guys every chance they get. And I'm excited to kind of see uh, how they respond to that. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us are – Excited to see how Tennessee responds to being challenged in a number yeah. of ways for the very first time. And again, I know there's a lot to take away because, as you pointed out earlier, Ramon, I mean, this time last year, we're talking about, oh, I mean, 38 to <laughs> six or whatever it was against Bowling Green. I mean, sure, they got the win. It wasn't even close, but oh, just kind of, you know, lackadaisical, <laughs> a little, little ho hum. So, uh, but that ain't going to be today. They're, they're going to be challenged in a number of different areas, and we'll continue to break that down. Uh, Jonathan, I, I want to ask you, man. Um, something that I think Tennessee will have this year where it didn't have a season ago, and we'll get to see how much of it, it they will have is depth in the secondary. Um, mm -hmm. There's three guys right now, four guys potentially that, you know, even five guys potentially that you feel good about playing the cornerback position. Uh, two safeties played a ton of snaps the other night, which is not what you want to see, but you have Andre Turrentine, the transfer from Ohio State. You have Wesley Walker, who's playing some star, but can slide back to play safety. You have options to play safety. And then you have two guys at star that, you know, Wesley Walker, as I mentioned, you thought he was coming in to play that starting star position. But right. then it's Tamara McDonald who won that job during camp. What did you see and what do you like about this makeup of the Tennessee secondary here for 2022? I think it's good because you're not limited. When you go in and you're limited, you know, you, you're you concerned about everything you know those kids can't do. So you're always kind of on egg. You're walking around on eggshells. But having options and competitive options, that's what makes it great. It's not just numbers. You got guys that can actually go play and go contribute. Um, it takes a group. It takes a group of players. It's, it's, it's never going to be just one guy. Um, I, and it takes it – takes the, the chemistry back there is so important. Safety to corner, corner to safety, even DBs to linebackers. In the back end, we have to talk so much that – the more guys that you have involved, the more guys that you know that know what to do is very important. I know you talked about the safeties having to play a lot, but, I mean, that's what they're going to have to do, especially the style of ball that we play. We're going to have a lot of reps, but the more reps, the more things we see, the more consistent we can, can, can be and play with more chemistry. Once we start gelling as a unit on the back end, more plays will come. It may seem irky at, at times, but – that's the game. You know, you, you you give up some, you make some plays here. As long as we don't give up the big ones and stay, keep everything contained, I think we got a real shot to have a big year this year as a secondary. Hey, Jonathan, how tough is it, man? I know it's about being in shape and everything, and, and you learned <laughs> this Tennessee defense learned last year as the season went on. I mean, 
101 plays against Kentucky, 103 against Ole Miss, you know, whatever that count was. You're playing a lot of snaps. It's not just the offense running a lot of plays. Because of that, the defense is out there a correct, lot. How, correct, how tough correct. is that as the game goes on? Um, You got to be mentally prepared for it. Physically, you're going to be in shape when you're in game shape. Like, you can be in shape all you want going into training camp. But once the game starts, that's a whole other type of shape that you got to get in. Um, Ramon can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you got to be – mentally prepared man the, the 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 mental makeup that it takes to play in the back end um along with having the ability to forget everything that happens play after play like you gotta you have to if it's a great play you gotta forget it if it's a bad play you gotta forget it along with hearing what your coach is telling you and making the adjustments uh it is a it is a test which is why everybody can't do it but that's also why they pay us the big bucks jay way i kind of wanted to jump in on this one too man just real quick speaking about the secondary uh, simply because it's two groups on the field I feel like have the most pressure, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you said, the entire team does, offensively and defensively. But if you could just break down why – well, I'll say this. I think the secondary is a lot like the O-line. Last Absolutely. line of defense, got to protect, got to be on. Like, there's never an off play. Y'all guys – and maybe linebackers, some linebackers, stay on the field the entire time. I feel the same way about the offensive line. I'm a little biased about that. I laugh at D-linemen getting tired. But explain what's the mindset of being on the same page, number one, but also always having to be on when you're on the field because you guys never really go off. Correct. Um, physically, you might not get challenged play after play. You know, They may go away from The better you are, they, they go away from you which then makes the game harder. It's kind of like that outfielder sitting out in right field, waiting on a pop fly to come his way. Then you all of us, you know, game on when they hit a (laughs) rocket out there. Um, But mentally staying engaged. Uh, Before I say that, you want to know something that I learned about the, we do so many similar drills that offensive linemen do. It's it's almost the same position. O-linemen are like DBs and the defensive ends are like receivers. It's almost the same thing for the first five yards. You play backwards just like we do. Um, But it's so important because if we make a mistake, the scoreboard changed. Coach Slade gave me that one. (laughs) And if we do, if, if we do, that's the only time we get our name called out. How about that? <laughs> that's brutal. But the the the, the importance um, of of being where we're supposed to be to keep the team out of trouble is 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 missed. You have a job to do, and our job is a lot of times to 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 keep everything safe, to keep us from giving up the big one, to have our eyes where they're supposed to be to be. You know, so play in and play out. If you can focus on those little small details, it keeps you engaged a lot more, along with like formations and tendencies and stuff like that. But just locking in on the fine-tuned details of playing DB will help you stay engaged a lot longer. Other than yeah. that, you're just in right field, like I said. Hey, <laughs> so true. Jonathan, were you were you surprised that Ball State was bailing eight out on third down pretty much every third down the other night? Heavens no. You have no idea where our offense is going. <laughs> it's like just it's it's they're just running you know like it, if you don't get people out of there especially with an athletic quarterback like the two we have if you don't get people out of there anything can happen like our right hey, receivers the, are sitting on the sideline yeah, yeah no <laughs> how rare is that though jay like I, I i look at it and i see it and one thing i i noticed from going from college to the nfl is the hashes do mean a lot mm-hmm. you, a lot, you know a lot so, so break that down if you could. Can I be can I be selfish even for me a little bit? Okay. <laughs> um, 
the so our landmark we're taught to have a landmark of the hashes um, okay. in high school almost that, that it's like a landmark that you have to get to so once they bring it in it just changes the field it, it changes the amount of space that's left to go out of bounds so normally if a, if, the, if a receiver lines up by the numbers around the numbers you have certain principles that you use but once they start changing that the field changes like in the nfl the numbers are so much further inside yeah they still have so much space outside now and inside depending on so it just completely messes with your leverage rules that you have but in college with them spacing it out that far it just forces the defense to show you their hand like ah. we, a defensive player who has to play like the flats also is the contained player so when you spread them so far out to the numbers, your contained player has to line up somewhere in the middle between these college numbers and the end man on the line of scrimmage, which may be on the other half. I mean, on the other <laughs> half. So it puts them in a bind and you have to expose how you're lining up. So that's kind of like the trick in there where it, it, it you lose that once you go to the next level. Wow. Well. Yeah. This is the uh, VFL Players Lounge. Ramon Foster and Jonathan Wade having a having a fun time so far. It's brought to you by uh, the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. Uh, we're going to continue to get into Pittsburgh here in just a little bit. That kickoff's at three thirty coming up yes. later today, televised on ABC, and of course you can hear it on the Vol Radio Network. As you see from the bottom line, I have the correct uh, Twitter handle this week, so there we go. And uh, you can follow uh, us uh, on there, VolQuest underscore on three, and the General Quarters all game long for in game updates. Uh, hey, Ramon, before we do get into some pit prep, man, I, I want to know uh, that offensive line. You bring back four or five starters on the offensive line, a really good offensive tackle in Darnell Wright, uh, yeah. Scrapper at center and Cooper Mays, Jerome Carvin, who doesn't get any praise or any headlines ever, but he's just a baller. He a um, dog. And, and I, I like to call him a bulldog there at right guard at Javante Spragans. What do you like about this offensive line? What do you like about them on Thursday? And what are your expectations for that group moving forward this week? They they have a sense of who they are. That's the one thing I appreciate about even going back to Gerald Mincy, man, who's the new guy on the block that's realizing, look, I got to find a way to play my role. I'm at my second school right now. Not just that, at SEC rival. Like, he's coming in trying to prove something. I feel like that's the, that's the reason he got the first stab at left tackle was simply because of that is, look, he came in to prove something, and he did, man. And it's not to say Jeremiah Crawford didn't have a good camp, but you got to look at the situation he was in. This is uh, – I, I don't know if you want to call it strike number two, but it's stop number two. You either get with it or you get gone. Like, that's simply how it goes in this league. Like, either you prove to us you're worth the transfer or you're going to be a role player. And there's not many roles for backup offensive linemen in any league, okay? Other than the fact in the NFL you still get paid, but you still better be really good – yeah. At playing that role, man. Uh, but but Spragans, a guy that's a dog, he he plays with an edge to him. I love that about him, man. Uh, big body guy that that again plays in his box, knows exactly where he's good at. One thing I saw from him was was his finish. That was the one thing that I was looking for from all of those guys. And of course, going to Cooper, undersized guy for the most part. If he stays healthy and keep the small nicks and bruises out of the way and plays through that stuff, man, the kid can be good because he's playing as a youngster right now. He has the pedigree. And the better he learned this offense as a quarterback on the offensive line, the better it's going to be for the next guy after him and Hooker. You know, I don't care if it's if it's if it's Taven, I don't care if it's uh Nico. Like him being the stable force could be Joe. The, it could be Joe. You know what I'm saying? Like him being the quarterback 
at the front line is going to play a huge part for whoever's next. And that's what I'm so glad that he's in that starting position, but not just that he's earning it too. And you got Addison right behind him, you know, as far as the depth goes. Um, with Darnell, kid is an athlete. I, I kind of said this before. And, and Jay Wade to know what I mean by this. Them moving him from left to right tackle means that they appreciate what he's able to do and know that the next level, that's probably where he's going to play at. Why play a guy at left when you know he's an NFL right tackle? That's the way I view him. He's a five-star guy coming out. If he controls his weight, his movement, his play, and stay healthy, man, this guy could start. Even let me cut in here. Even if it would help the team, and I'm not saying this is the case, yeah. but I'm saying if it would help the team better if him playing left, you still view the the because he will play right tackle in the NFL. Well, you still think he should play over there? I think this is what 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 coaches kind of look at a little bit. You get him for one year. That's this year. Yeah. Right. So why not go ahead and groom somebody for next year? Gerald got years left. You have him in the fold. He has the opportunity to come back next year, whether he's battling a recruit or an upperclassman. You still have that security blanket of having a left tackle that can uh, come back for you and be stronger next year. With Darnell over on the right side, I say this, that's usually most of the time your run side. But looking at the rushers in the SEC, they have rushes off the left and the right side now. It's no longer, hey, the blind side aspect <laughs> of protecting the quarterback. Von Miller changed that, y'all. Like, yeah. that's what happens. Like, yeah. Von and TJ Watt, what side do they rush off of? The offensive right side. Yeah. Like, yeah. you you thinking about your backside, but there's a guy right in the middle of your face, man. And, and that right there, I think, changed the entire horoscope of the way teams rush. Think about how we recruited this year. We went and got two top 10 DNs of their class last year and this year currently. That says about, okay, they're not both rushing off the left side. No, they're rushing off of the other side too. And, and okay, so that's one side of why I think Darnell is very uh, valuable at right tackle. It's for us as well as and it's also for his career at the next level. You got to think Hypo's a former player. Like he gets that type of, you know, planning for future uh, references as far as the game goes. And my guy, man, Jerome. Carbon. Enough can be said about him. I thought that penalty last weekend was was Bush League because he was just finishing his block. The guy's a West Tennessee kid, that, man. That came all back. he was doing, Rome? Yeah, that's all he was doing, man. <laughs> okay. Just a little dusting up right there. That's all. Uh, but he's a go harder. Uh, again, he's from the Memphis area, man. Always plays that way and got a sense of pride about it too. If you were to ask me who's the leader of that OL, it would be him. And if he is the leader of that OL. Their attitude and mentality, man. Y'all know how it goes, Jay Wade. When y'all were, you know, on campus, man, like I thought y'all were the swaggiest group ever, and y'all played like it. Listen to me, EK. That secondary group of Jay Wade, Jay Allen, all them dudes, just savvy as hell, and they played like it. Okay, and 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 so because of that, man, if that's the mentality of Jerome Carvin that they're that they're taking on. I think this group and even the next year's group would be even better because that'll be passed on. A, a last thing that we we do got to get into pit here. Uh, ah, Jonathan, I want to bring you on. And... <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that today, okay? <laughs> uh, so, uh, are you choosing violence right now? Listen to me. I've been getting attacked all week by Pit Panthers. All right, I, I'm ready for this one. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of crossover yeah. there with Steeler fans as well, I would imagine, right? They told me, screw everything I did for 11 years. They're just going with the Panthers this week, man, for three hours is what they said. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> 11 I, I years for three hours. I know. <laughs> I know, Jay Wade. Hey, hey Jay Wade, um, something we brought up on the Rocky Top re Rewind, but I want to reset it here in case some people missed it. Um, 
you know, Tim Banks, uh, you know, came and had, had some comments about this earlier in the week. You know, Warren Burrell's a starter. He's been a three-year starter. He's out there for yeah. a reason. He plays consistent. Yeah. Um, he's been picked on a little bit. He he got thrown uh, the, the football eleven times his way against Ball State. They watched the tape. They watched the Music City Bowl. Everybody, I mean, that's yeah. what Pitt's going to do. How do you get out of that? I know you mentioned Coach Larry Slade told you something way back in the day. What was that? How do you? kind of respond from being that guy that's being picked on and to just being a normal guy once again out there in that secondary? Just go make the first play. Find a way to make the first play, regardless if it's a – if you got to go take somebody out on the run play, not take somebody out on the run <laughs> play. But if, you know, go find a way to get yourself involved and make a play. Don't do anything outside of your body, but just go find a way to make the play. It might be a pick. It might be a pass breakup. It could be a tackle. It could be showing up in a gap to, to make, you know, show color to make the offensive player run the other way. Go find a way to make a play because they are going to attack. That's the progress report. That's what the that that's what the notes say. That's what the film say. So until you put something on film that says not to do that, that's what they're going to do. That's how football works. That's the game we play. That's the job he, he has. That's, right. that, that's what we do in the back end. You know, you got to know they're coming after you, and you got to see that as a challenge. The guys that want that challenge, they do something. Jason Allen got challenged. That game against Alabama where, um, where we won in overtime, he got challenged all game. He made the play at the end, and that's the only one they remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got to keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. Yep. You're going to get challenged, yes, and you're you going to get hurt. Go make a play. Yep. And he'll definitely have some opportunities coming up today with Keaton Slovis coming off a pretty a, a pretty stout game against West Virginia last week in the opener, but also Pitt's going to run that football. More on that here in just a moment. But first, our presenting sponsor here of the VFL Players Lounge, a message from the Volunteer Club powered by Spire Sports. The game has changed and Spire Sports is here. With name, image, and likeness arriving, your orange fandom can now be put into action. Visit thevolunteerclub.com and become a member. 90% of every dollar generated through the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire, will go directly to athletes to improve the student-athlete experience at Tennessee. It's not just about winning the next game. It's about next season. It's about the next generation. It's about the Tennessee legacy. Join at thevolunteerclub.com. That's thevolunteerclub.com. All right, guys, welcome back into the VFL's Player Lounge. I am Eric Kane. It is game day. Tennessee on the road at the uh, stadium formerly known as Heinz Field. I guess the field formerly known as Heinz Field. Acrisure Stadium, uh, whatever. I think it's bogus. But I got a former Steeler himself, Ramon Foster on. Of course, Jay Wade, Jonathan Wade, our guest here on uh, the VFL Player Lounge here for week two. Uh, let's get to this pit matchup, guys. Uh, Jay Wade, let's start with you, man. Uh, offensively, you've got Pitt looking a little bit different. No more Jordan Addison. He's at Southern Cal. No more Kenny Pickett. He's, well, he's still in Pittsburgh, but not for the <laughs> Panthers. He's playing for the Steelers now. But you have an offense that they're going to try to ground and pound. They're going to get back to the run game. Uh, I feel like play action passes specifically over the middle is something Tennessee's you got to really watch out for later today. For sure. Um, and they got some weapons outside, too. Number 15 looks good. Number five looks good. Um, physical guys that we're going to have to stop because you mentioned play action. Play action passes mm-hmm. are blocked up, which means these receivers got time to get busy. Um, so we got to do a good job of disrupting. We got to do a good job of stopping the run first. I've learned over time that um, I've learned over time that everything starts up front. 
I know, uh, Ramon, you probably never have heard me say that. But every, <laughs> everything starts up front. Uh, stopping them from rushing for the five I was talking about earlier um, is important. I mean, they got some good players. They they are ranked where they're ranked for a reason. But here's a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done this before. This is what we do. Ramon, you have an, you have an offensive line for uh, Pittsburgh that, I mean, I, I looked at the participation chart and I don't know if it's accurate because I haven't watched play number at the time of this recording. I've not watched play number one for Pittsburgh game last week, but I will. Uh, <laughs> they listed six offensive linemen as starters and yeah. they do go, they, they take out a tight end. They had an extra tackle in there. They're trying to run the football, but bottom line, there's like six or seven of them that are seniors or COVID seniors. They are experienced. This team has seen these players before. Uh, what's the challenge there for this defensive front seven going up against an offensive line? I'll say this too, though, an offensive line that gave up five sacks yeah, against West Virginia for almost a 40-yard loss. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Is COVID senior, but th- that's a real thing? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. yeah. For, it, what, two more seasons, I think? I think for two more, Jay Wade. It, it, it goes like you got some six- and seven-year guys, man. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, you. I, I thought it was rare. Which was uh, when when uh, Dustin Colquitt uh, had the gray shirt. Remember? No, it was Britain. When Britain had yeah. the gray shirt, I was like, "Oh man, you get an extra year." No, yeah. like, you get okay. a COVID year, man. Uh, okay. But but this is this is the way Pitt is is uh, built, though. E. Kane. It's simply just because if you look at the recruiting, they don't get a bunch of four and five star guys. Heck, they got a guy from from Rome, Italy. They got a kid from Ontario. Okay, like they got guys from everywhere as far as the way they build them up. And the fact that they got this many offensive linemen that has this much experience says this about this team. And that's the one thing that kind of gets me as far as uh, their experience. They have a bunch of guys that are two and three stars. And I was a three star myself. But in that, you got to develop. You got to be in a system. You got to get coached up. The weight room is always important to you. The mental side of your play always plays a part into it. You're just different. It's not like Georgia where they got a number one cornerback who's playing as a true freshman. Pitt doesn't have that. They got a bunch of juniors and seniors leading the way and COVID seniors that that has a sprinkle of sophomores, barely any freshmen. So with that OL being the way it is, the way you attack them is get them off the same page. You got to find your way to whether you're running twists and games or whether you're surprising them with, you know, your push up the middle. That's how you go beat them. Pitt is a ground and pound type of team. They got Keaton Slovis as their quarterback and he wants to throw it, but Pitt wants to establish the run. You got to think about the conference that they're playing in, like their conference and where they recruit and the, the type of recruits that they have. They don't really have the blazing guy from Louisiana, from Texas, from California. They got guys, I say this respectfully, from Ohio, from Michigan, from Canada, you know, like it's it's a different athlete. It just is not saying that some of those dudes aren't some of the best in the world. But what I'm saying is this. They got to groom guys to be starters and they got a bunch of dudes as, as far as that OL that have played a lot that you got to simply go beat up. And that's the one thing I saw Narduzzi talking about this past week was, look, it's going to be physical. They're an SEC team. You know, the respect factor is there. Um, but you got to say to yourself. Don't underestimate this OL group. You can't allow them to get to a point to where they're controlling the game. That can't be the case. How you know, good can they be year one? How how good can uh, O'Lyman? Pitt, just year one of this, right? This is his first year. This is a new coach, right? No, no. Nah, offensive coordinator. New offensive coordinator. New offensive coordinator. Never mind. Disregard. <laughs> Yeah, and that's another thing too is what what do they actually what do they actually do well? I will say this: last week against West Virginia, they pushed their offensive coordinator to the brink as far as trying to make plays for them. 
Um, I say this going on a road to a place like Pitt, if they do happen to show up for it, is um watch for the trick play, the trickery. You got to think a team like that is always going to try to find a way to trick you into points and stuff like that. I, I thought their offensive line, as much as I'm praising them, kind of struggled a little bit against West yeah. Virginia. I thought for a second, Slovis was going to be out of the game. But mm -hmm. he stayed true to it and, and stayed into it. But they hit him on his hip and fell on it one time. I was like, this is a, a bad situation to be in. You know, it, it's funny. And, and I know people are probably this week in particular getting tired of me saying this. But uh, Pat Narduz, I don't quite understand. He had Mark Whipple. And I don't know what happened behind the scenes or whatever. But And it helps when you have a first-round quarterback in Kenny Pickett. <laughs> you had your best season ever as a head football coach last year. You won the ACC. Um, you had a, a first round quarterback and, and you know, I, and you, you trash your OC out, out the door saying they threw it around too much. I don't quite get it, but Pitt's getting back to that ground and pound game sacks are included in this number, but last week against West Virginia Pitt ran the football for 38 attempts for a grand total of 76 yards. So I found that a little interesting. Now, Jay Wade, you do have Keaton Slovis. He is not Kenny Pickett but had a really good game against West Virginia. Of course, we know about his career at Southern Cal, 16 to 24, threw for over 300, 300 yards, had a touchdown. What did you see in Keaton Slovis, really from last week or from his time at Southern Cal? What makes him a good quarterback and what challenges will Tennessee's defense face today? He's one of those quarterbacks that kind of, uh, ooh, let me, let me slow down. He's got that like Romo-ish type of vibe with him where he wants to just, yeah, he wants to, and he's not Romo. He's not Romo. He's not Romo. But he has that that will to go make a play, will to find a way to make a play, which makes it hard on DBs covering for a long, extended amount of time. If we can keep him bottled up, I think we should be fine. Keep him, take his first look away, stay where we're supposed to be on play action passes, take the easy looks away. I think we should be fine. We, we allow him to go create plays. I think that's one of the things that he appears to be good at on film, especially with the targets that he's got. That number 15 and number five, they really can play ball. I saw 15 make a play this week where he snatched the ball in between traffic and, and cut up field. Like the fearlessness to do that speaks out to me. I know mm -hmm. what I'm looking at when I see that. So we got to keep them bottled up, keep him contained quarterback wise. Don't let him get going, especially at home. In the Steelers, I mean the Panthers stadium. But um, <laughs> don't let the crowd get involved. Take the crowd out of the game early. Make it a long game. Know the field's going to be nasty. Yeah, you know, let's just play nasty ball anyway. Yeah, they were they they were getting pretty wild there against. And of course, it was the backyard brawl. It was a rivalry game. All bets are off. Uh, yeah. It was a good environment, at least from what I see. Now we were at the <laughs> Tennessee's game had just gotten wrapped up. We were waiting on Hypo to come speak to us, and we're sitting there. All of us are. You know, nerd now with our laptops, our tablets, watching the end of that football game. But it looked, it looked legit, man. And it, it was a gift, man. Jaden Daniels did a great throw to his guy yeah, and it went yeah. right between his hands. Pitt caught it, returned it for six, able to hold off there at the end and get that emotional victory. Um, let's flip the script a bit, though. Let's look at defense for Pitt and Ramon. Traditionally, Pat Narduzzi, man, he's one of the best in the country. Coaching up that front seven, they're going to play yeah. games. They're going to twist. They're going to turn. They're going to be pressure from the second level. A uh, challenge for this offensive line, a challenge for the left tackles. They're going to play both Mincy and Crawford again, but whoever's oh. playing well is going to stay in, I would imagine. Uh, but they weren't really challenged against Ball State see, uh, last week. And also these these running backs, small, yeah. right, and these two freshmen who will play, Samson uh, and Justin Williams-Thomas, I'm sure, 
a huge challenge with that front seven for Pitt and Pat Narduzzi. It is, man. They're led by Jay Way. You'll appreciate this kid's name, man. Savassier. Savassier <laughs> Dennis, man. Uh, he's he's their lead dog, man. He's a bullet out of a rifle the way he attacks. Again, an upperclassman that has that dog in him that's been under this Narduzzi program for a little while. He knows the system. He's going to play it right, and he plays it intently too. I look at Narduzzi's defenses, man, and I say to myself, like, it's, it's like everybody embodies what Aaron Donald is in a sense. Like, they, they're undersized guys. You don't have many 300-pounders at the defensive line at all. They're quick. They're going to move around. They're going to attack. Baxley Kamara last week was their leading uh, tackler, man. And, and if you watch them and the way they blitz and try to get home, there's nothing that they do that is uh, surprising. It's just, it, it comes at you quick. They almost play as if they're, you know, they're an SEC type of defense. But you can do that type of stuff when you got guys that's been in your system too. Habuka right. uh, Bonaldo, but how do you say it? Bonaldo. Baldonado. You've been, you've been saying it better right there than I've been saying it all week. <laughs> Habuka Baldonado, man. He's a senior from – I appreciate that, Jay Way. You know, hey, as long as we're together, we're right. Okay. Right. You're like, hey, we play football, man. We don't we don't pronunciate. <laughs> uh, but he's a senior from, uh, from Rome, Italy. And with that being said, he had a half a sack last week. Last year in 2021, this kid had nine sacks on the year. So it just goes to let you know they got pass rushers, man. John Morgan III is another guy that had a sack in his past game against West Virginia. He had five and a half on a year. Not big guys. If I'm Pitt, listen to me, if I'm hypo and I'm uh, I'm goalish, I say to myself, let me go beat them up. Tell my guys, stay under control, move them around. They're averaging about 280, 280 on the defensive line. These guys aren't your uh, Jordan Davises from last year. I was going to say, as an offensive lineman, I feel like this is a rhetorical question, but is those types of players, are those types of players harder to block than just the the big old beefy guys? I feel like if you're a little bit smaller but more athletic, that presents a more challenge for the offensive line. It comes down to Tennessee's offensive line. Coach Glenn L will be saying this week, whatever you learn, I told you go mall people, slow it down a little bit. Get your feet underneath you. Jay Wade, I'm sure there's an analogy like that on the back end when you got a speedster Absolutely. somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey. See, react, and go. You have to be good with your first two steps against guys like this, man. You got to use their momentum against them. No leaning. No no being outside of yourself when it comes down to blocking these guys. And when you get the combo blocks, guess what you do? You beat them down. Again, this may be a slower game on the run, or maybe, at least I don't hope it is, than we have seen in years past when it comes, well, from last year, from what we've seen from Hypo's offense, simply because they're going to try to move. They're going to try to blitz. Heck, they play right next door to the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you don't think that they're talking to Coach Tomlin or somebody and say, hey, what would you do against this? And guess what we call Pittsburgh? We call it Blitzburg. That's what they looked like they were doing last week against West Virginia. So I'd be cautious and expect some of that. The quicker you turn that back, because they don't have the depth, the better you're going to be offensively against a defense like that. All right, boys, we got a couple of minutes left, and I, this is what I want to do, something I carry over from last year's game day pod. I did it last week, and let's have some fun with it. Uh, Jay Wade, we'll start with you. I need a score prediction for today. I also need a bold prediction. That bold prediction can be someone gets a pick. That bold prediction can mean a special teams touchdown. You know, make it your own. Score prediction and bold prediction for Tennessee and Pitts coming up later today. Let's go 34-23, Rocky Top. Okay. 
and I'll go. Cedric Tillman scores. Burrell gets his first pick. Okay, it's so a little two-parter. So we got Cedric Tillman, Cedric Tillman scoring, which is not that bold, but you added Warren Burrell gets his first pick of the season. I like it. I like it. Uh, coming uh, in uh, yeah, coming in a pair. Ramon, give me bold, bold prediction and score prediction. What do you got? Uh, I got my score prediction as um, – I have it as um, 42-24 Vols. And my bold prediction would be, gosh, uh, Byron Young gets two sacks on the day. That's where okay. I'm at. Yeah, I mean, and that's bold, obviously, because, you know, two sacks in one game is a good, it's a good game. But obviously, Tennessee didn't get home at all against Ball Did State, not. and that's been a big point of conversation this week. So, I like it. Roy, did you say 42-21? 42-24. 24. Okay. Yeah. I like it. All right. I know we're out of time. I'm stealing your time, but I, I want to ask you guys this because I asked Jack and I asked TK and I love what they had to say. Jonathan, we'll start with you, man. Last thing, when you watch, what are the feelings you have when you watch, you know, the, the guys run through the T? Uh, it, it's got to be unique now since obviously, you know, that time in your life is gone, but you know, what's it feel like now? Because you experienced it, but when you see other guys run through the T, you know, before Tennessee plays. Um, I hope they get the same feeling I got on my recruiting visit. Yeah. That was that was that was what sold me. I think it was walking up, seeing the orange sea behind me. Now it was a night game, of course, but experiencing that was probably one of the most exhilarating things I had went through. You know, being so young and kind of seeing that and and like I saw people cry, you know, there's a lot of people when I first got to Tennessee, they would tell me that when we would come out, sometimes they get so, and it's weird to me because we're about to go play, but like <laughs> to be so overwhelmed with emotion to see us come through the team, it's one, it, it's something that I hope that they can get that feeling that I had because it'll push them through for sure. Hey, we've all seen the, the no Sean Marino national anthem video from a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. So we get it. Ramon, man. Hey, hey, what's it feel like for you? And where's the stack up? I mean, both of you guys play the national football league. Where, where does running through the T kind of stack up for you guys? Man, college is just different. It is like Very the NFL. It's like the NFL is a job. All right, let's go do this and stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but college, like you're 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 embedded in it, like it's in you. Like I, I told somebody last week, I feel like I go harder for the Vols than I do for the Steelers, and I was in both places. And I was at UT yeah. way less time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but the commitment of being around guys that you meet for life, meeting friends for life. I met my wife at UT, man. You know, it's those types of things that play a part into why it's so special. So I, I get a lot of anxiety. I'm, I'm talking about like I'm yelling. My wife is always like, why are you so yeah. like this on game day? Like, is yeah, that for me? It. Yeah, like if if and it's so man, I could go on and on about this. Listen to me. There's a lot that goes into it, okay? And <laughs> we could spend all day on this. Jay Wade, I'm sure you can do a dissertation on this, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's 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 nonstop. I've been like this for years. Um, I remember I, I had people when we beat Georgia, when Dobbs threw that um Hail Mary pass and we beat Georgia. I had neighbors outside thought I had a heart attack because I screamed <laughs> inside so loud. Yeah. Like it's life, or, it's life or death. I, you can't call me. You can't talk to me. Like I don't. I am locked in. You think I was playing? Yeah. 
it's it's it. so it, I promise you, my brother-in-law man has become an uh, an enemy of mine on game day just because he know I get so up up tight about the Vols that he just jabs and just say little stuff. He'll say he's a Bama fan and stuff like that. I'm like, I know your family, but don't come over. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's where I'm at with him, man. So uh, <laughs> we can go on and on about that, but yeah, it's, it it runs deep. Hey, boys. Fun time, man. Really appreciate no it. Doubt. Great job. I know everybody watching and listening are loving this. Uh, Jay Wade, really appreciate it, man. We'll get you back on, Ramon. We'll get you back on for sure. No Happy doubt. game day, guys. And uh, let's see if uh, Josh Heupel in Tennessee can go up to Pittsburgh or Blitzburg and pick up a win. All right. That's going to do it here for this edition of the VFL Players Lounge. And again, it's powered by the VFL or the Volunteer Club and produced by Spire Sports. Big thank you to those guys for uh, making this all possible. It's Tennessee and Pittsburgh coming up uh, later this afternoon, 3.30 Eastern time. And, of course, you can follow all along with us at Twitter at VolQuest underscore on three and on the general quarters uh, for live in-game updates. Guys, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Happy game day. And uh, be sure to follow the site all day and all night long for post-game coverage and all that and more. This has been the VFL's Player Lounge.